Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun podcast. I am your host, Dave Wakeman. Today's episode is brought to you by my friends at Booking Protect, the global leaders in refund protection. Any listing, any sector, anywhere, Booking Protect has you covered with the world's most comprehensive refund protection product. To find out how you and your organization can partner with Booking Protect to deliver world-class customer service, a better, more personalized buying experience, and how you and your organization can create a substantial new stream of revenue, visit them at www.bookingprotect.com. That email, that web address again is www.bookingprotect.com. Speaking of Booking Protect, will you be coming to see me and Booking Protect CEO Simon Mab at the Ticketing Professionals Conference in Sydney, Australia on the 14th and 15th of November? I'm going to be delivering a keynote address, this opening keynote, by the way, on the courage of change. I'm going to talk about change and innovation and taking risks and growing. Simon's going to be giving a talk about customer service, and he's going to be on a panel about fraud prevention. We're going to be doing, I think, a happy hour of, or something on Wednesday, the 13th of November, before the event. So to find out what we're up to, uh, give, give me an email, davidavewakeman.com, put Sydney in the subject line, and I'll make sure that we let you know exactly what's going on. To get your tickets to the Ticketing Professionals Conference, visit their website at www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au. That address, one more time, is www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au. I'd also like to point you to my brand new newsletter. My team has decided to start putting together a Friday newsletter called Talking Tickets. That's for people who are in the business of live events, selling and marketing, sports, concerts, entertainment, and more. Uh, five stories delivered to your email inbox on Friday. Five top stories that you should have been paying attention to that week, along with a short couple sentences from me about why you should be paying attention to the story and what implications it may have on your business. So you can get that email by visiting my website, www.davewakeman.com and clicking on the link to get talking tickets. So again, visit my website, davewakeman.com and click on the link to get talking tickets. My guest today is Charles Bruner from EventCube. Charles and I have known each other for a while now, and we have been trying to set this thing up for a couple months. And so it was good to have him on. Uh, Charles, if you do not know him, has a history that's like kind of awesome. And I say that because he has kind of touched all over the entertainment and hospitality industry. He started out in hotels and hospitality. He was a Marine, <laughs> uh, which we get into. Um you know, but his foundation was in hotels and hospitality, and he makes the joke that he can say uh, thank you in five different languages or something like that. Um, but it started him down a road where he created the hospitality packages for the Chelsea Football Club in London. And he's gone on to work with a number of Premier League teams throughout London. He's worked for the Ambassador Theatre Group, which is one of the largest producers of shows um, anywhere in the world, I believe. And now he's at EventCube. So we talk about all of that and more. We cover um, innovation in ticketing. We talk about sales and marketing. We talk about uh, subscription services. We talk about fees. We talk about um, challenges and opportunities in offering up ticketing as a service. We talk about um, positioning. We talk about 
optimization. We talk about augmented reality. We talk about all kinds of really great stuff. This was a good conversation, a lot of fun. I think you're going to dig it. So without anything else from me, here's my conversation with Charles Bruner on the Business Fun Podcast. I want to welcome Charles Bruner to the Business of Fun podcast. What's up, man? Hey, Dave. Thanks for uh, thanks for uh, inviting me to be on here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, this one's been a long time in the making, um, so hopefully it lives up to our expectations. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I think it will. I'm sure it will. <laughs> I'm certain it will. Right? You know, it's um, you. I told you this when we were we were uh, preparing to record it. I'm just sitting here waiting and killing time until the Spurs match comes on t- this afternoon. So I, so, we, so I might as well do a, a podcast. So. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, so you're actually going to be there. You, I mean, well, you won't be at the match, but, you know, you'll be there to watch it live in the city. I'll have to watch it from D.C. But, so, but, I'll, but yes. I'll live through uh, you. You told me about the weather. Yeah, so it's uh, it's currently raining in London, so living up to everybody's expectations, uh, and beautiful weather for a game of football tonight. Uh, but considering I work for for the other side of uh, football in North London, you know, I have to I'll, I'll be I'll be disappointed if you win tonight. So well, now you see you, you start out this thing with like throwing shots at me already. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is like which which since you you've been like all over London, right, working for the football clubs, you know, which That's one right. do you pick? Uh, it's, a, it's a tough one, you know. When you when you're talking to to clients, everybody wants you to be a supporter of uh, Chelsea or Arsenal or West Ham. So I picked uh, a team from outside of Manchester, England, called Macclesfield Town that play in the fourth uh, division of English football, which nobody has heard of. So if anybody from uh, Mac Town and the Mighty Mighty Silkman is listening, hey, there you go. <laughs> well, I'll make, I'll make sure they get, make sure they get the episode now. <laughs> that, I, mean, I mean, that's sort of how I picked the Spurs, right? It's like you have to pick a team if you're if you're hanging out in England for any length of time, and you know, usually it's like whoever you're. At least in my case, it was like my friends were pushing me towards Spurs, so that's how I ended up with them. Well, you know, sometimes you've got bad friends that lead you down the wrong path. It's, uh, <laughs> these things happen. Today. Um, but I, I think it, I think it's uh, I think it's very funny that two Americans are discussing uh, some of the intricacies of uh, English football and the, and the Premier League. Uh, <laughs> it's one of the, it's a fun, I enjoy it more than I enjoy almost any other sporting sporting event in the world. So I love it. There's absolutely something magical about about football that um, I started out in baseball, uh, and there's nothing like going to, uh, to 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 a baseball game. Started with the you know with the Cincinnati Reds, you know the the first team in the history of baseball, um, and going to that is something special. But walking into some of the historic stadiums all up and down uh, the UK is just just something else entirely. Yeah, I mean, if anybody gets a chance to go, and I know a lot of people already live there, they already get a chance. You should go. It's it's incredible. I took my family to see uh, one of your teams, Chelsea, play the Spurs last year at Thanksgiving, and it was like I mean the most incredible sporting event I've ever been to. It's great. Where where did you go? Did you go to? Uh, I went to Wembley. I went to oh, Wembley. Went to, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Wembley. So I have to come back th- this year for Thanksgiving so I can go to the new. 
the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, you see. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can say this, you know, hand on heart, it, that is a beautiful thing that they've created over there. Something very special. Yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome. But I don't know that people are going to want to hear us talk about football. That'll be for a different podcast. <laughs> uh, but, <Yeah>. <laughs> let's talk some tickets. <laughs> Let's so, talk tickets. Yeah, let's talk tickets. Like, uh, you know, because we probably could talk football all day too. Um, but you we just, could, yeah, we could, yeah. Um, you just started a brand new role. Um, you know, and maybe this is the first time. Maybe not everybody's going to know you. Um, could you give everybody a little introduction of, about who you are and what you're up to? Sure. Um, so um, I, I obviously I'm Charles. I'm the sales director now for a company called uh, VentCube. Uh, but I started out working in professional sports from the tender age of 15 and a half, uh, which is the legal age that you're allowed to be employed in the state of Ohio. Um, working for the Cincinnati Reds uh, on the ground crew. So big ups to all my ground crew uh, alumni out there. Um, but then also doing everything I could because I realized at a very early age I was never going to be a professional uh, a professional sports player. So I went the other way and said, what else can I do that's going to make sure I'm there uh, all the time? So started picking up uh, things in the ticket office, started working for the Bengals and also the University of Cincinnati. I took a little time out. Uh, I joined the uh, joined the Marines for a couple of years, then moved to London to finish off a degree in international hospitality management, which means that I can be nice to you in lots of different countries. Um, but when I got over here, I was uh, I happened to be working for a um, company that was taking over the hotels that are at Stamford Bridge, the home of Chelsea. When they found out that I had sports ticketing experience and experience in international travel and hospitality, they said, can you come and help us run our, our hospitality packages? Um, which I did, which propelled me into another career with Arsenal running their premium uh, members or their premium sales team, establishing it there at the new Emirates stadium. And from there, I actually um, headhunted, or I was actually headhunted to go work with West Ham United to move them from Upton Park, uh, the bowling ground, into their new home, the Olympic Stadium, which was a great job and got to work with a great group of people there. Um, took a little detour to work in the exciting world of theater ticketing, working for the Ambassador Theater Group, which is one of the world's largest um, theater uh, theater ticket sellers, owners, and operators. Uh, it's an amazing operation headquartered here in London but with properties all in the, up and down the UK, Broadway, all across the US uh, and Germany. So an amazing group of people. But I've done a lot in ticketing and I really wanted to push myself and go for something new. So I've... I was tired of being on the side where I was using the ticketing platforms. I wanted to go out and get up and be part of the technology systems, wanted to be part of actually helping places sell tickets. So I joined up with a startup called EventCube, and we provide ticketing technology services. So we're kind of uh, a mix between Eventbrite and Ticketmaster, uh, except you know, nice and with people that you can call on the telephone. And it's my job to to help them uh, grow from being a startup where we are right now into you know one of the one of the bigger um, players in the in the ticketing market. 
Yeah, and it's a, it, the way you described it to me is very, very interesting because it takes the kind of um, – it makes ticketing – I think you described it as ticketing as a service. Is that right? That's right. So ticketing is a service. It's, you know, I don't want to, I don't want actually the customers, the end people buying the tickets to know my name. I don't want them to know that it's powered by EventCube. We, we, you know, we do that for some of our stuff, but I'm trying to get away from it. What I'm trying to do is get it so that I'm the partner in the background that helps support you and that you have great ticketing experience i'd rather that people give you the credit for having an amazing ticketing system and not not me i want it to be i want it to be the people that are running the event to have that direct relationship yeah and it's interesting because i think that what most people would describe as the nature of their relationship with their ticketing company not not necessarily in the industry but the consumer side would be that the ticket buying process really is just filled with friction and it's unpleasant. So they, nobody has a, uh, I, I don't think, an affinity for any ticketing platform. So the idea of making sure that the experience is great, it's seamless, and that like nobody really knows that it's even happened and, and that you're a part of it is completely unusual. Yeah, and, and it's something that I, I'm really evangelical about it uh, because it's something that I was looking for every – when I was, uh, you know, when I was at the various places I was, I wanted an amazing ticketing experience without having to um, worry about trying to um, find, you know, find someone who will fix these problems for. I wanted someone to be a hundred percent proactive and a hundred percent making sure that all of that my customers were feeling absolutely amazing, uh, and, and I just couldn't ever find it find one like that. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm, I'm excited to be able to be going out and now providing this for people. Well, and this is one thing that it sounds like to me, right? Because, you know, like when you talked about being, starting out on the grounds crew, right? I started out with the Miami Dolphins and it was, I might've been 20 years old. And I was basically like a gopher for the press box, uh, you know. And so I've worked like through through those same things. It provides a a unique experience, right, for you now that you've come over to the other side. And this is not to say that other organizations and other people aren't attacking it from the same side. But what you described to me, though, is really interesting because being part of a startup enables you to be proactive, as you stated before. But it also gives you a chance to like really innovate constantly. And I know that's something that everybody talks about. But how exactly can you describe what it means from your point of view and how it plays out for you? Because I think that some of the examples you shared with me are pretty informative of what innovation can be, what it looks like, and how it impacts a customer. Yeah, so I think, uh, first of all, that being able and having the, the being in a startup means that I'm afforded uh, a luxury that maybe some of the other some of the other uh, providers aren't able to do which is time and, and, and flexibility so I am able to directly impact I'm able to go out and talk to the people 
you know, so I'm able to go out and talk to the, you know, the, the, the vice presidents of ticketing or the, the guys that are in the box offices or even the event organizers at a, at a festival and saying, well, what, do you, what is it that you need? What is it that's going to transform your ticketing operation? What is going to make a difference for you? And I can go back and I can put these into the system. I can say to my, to my team of developers, right, we need, we need to have, um, you know, we need to be able to provide a uh, solution for um, membership that works in this specific way for these guys. Or we need to be able to find a way that uh, we can completely seamlessly integrate seven different legacy systems all into one platform that's going to work. But also we need to, to be able to, uh, you know, be able to go out and do these things. And really listening to our customers and what they need for, for their customers and driving that change and saying, right, I know that Ticketmaster is going to tell you no or a different, you know, or this platform is going to say no, that you can't do it this way because X, Y, and Z. I start out from a position of yes, and we need to be leading and we need to be in the front of it, which is why we're um, – in the U.S., we've just launched a new concept of ticketing on subscription, so that you can do absolute. You you can sell as many tickets as you want for um, you know for for fifty dollars a fifty dollars a month, um, compared to many of the um, people out there that are providing a similar kind of thing, which are charging you kind of upwards of. of, of five to seven percent to do a similar kind of thing we're saying no go out sell as many tickets as you want i i want you to be happy and be using my service and to to be uh to be experiencing all the all the benefits of what we've got to offer yeah and i think one of the interesting things about offering a ticket as a subscription right is that number one it makes the barrier of entry very easy Uh, number two what I liked about what you said before was spending so much time talking to people, right? And because what I've found in my, you know, in, in my business is that if I'm not talking to people constantly, having conversations, um, on getting kind of market research, then I'm stale, right? And, and that's what a lot of, uh, far too many of the systems becomes begin to feel stale because. I guess it does take a long time to innovate and, and you kind of have a small team and you're able to do it much more quickly and it helps feel fresh is uh, and it, and I'm kind of curious if that kind of freshness is something that um, your clients, you know, remark on and talk about, or is it like something they like, it's so like so different that they don't even, that's not, they can't even put words to it, I guess. I, I think it's a great question. I, I agree with it you. It was long winded. <laughs> no, no, no! no. You, 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 you ask great questions. Every, I know everyone says it, but you, you are, you ask some very good questions. Um, it, it's, I would, I'll give you a specific example, and this kind of, it was, it was one of my first, um, first customers, one of my first clients that I had, I'd worked really hard to land here um, for, for Event Cube, and. Um, I went in and spoke with them and their legacy ticket provider had, they'd been asking them for months and months and months to do something which was relatively simple uh, to my thinking. And 
if I was in their position, I would have been asking the same question. And they had been told no. They asked me, is there any way that you'd be able to maybe kind of help us do this thing? This, the kind of way that when you ask, you know, when you ask a question and you, you know that someone's just going to say no to you. Right. Uh, they asked it kind of that way. And I said, yes, of course I'll do that for you. And and more. And their, the look on their face, the response, they were like, we've never had anyone say yes to us that they're going to be able to do this for us. That's amazing. And that right there, I mean, that right there just kind of sums it all up for me is that being listened to, being told that, yes, you can do what you want. No, you're not crazy for asking to have your ticketing system work the way that you want it to work. That's perfectly reasonable. Um, that, that was great to be able to do that and to be able to deliver that. And But then, like you say, being able to go and talk to people like yourselves, like, uh, uh, like Tony Knopp, uh, like uh, many of the guys on the Intics uh, scene, being able to say, guys, what's new, what's happening, and then being able to take those back to my, to my, to my customers and deliver that is, is just a great feeling. You know, you mentioned Intix and you mentioned Tony. Tony's a, you know, Tony's a friend of mine. Uh, and then the Intix thing, one, one of the greatest gifts that I have received is that I got nominated for uh, the Intix Technology Committee. <laughs> so and, and it's exactly like you said. I get to go talk to everybody. And it's like, you know, and so I find out all these things and like all these challenges that people are dealing with. And it's awesome because then I can solve them. Right. And that's and which is typically or hopefully going to be you know, help me continue to be able to do what I'm, I get to do. Um, well, and I'm just, I don't know if you feel the way that I do, but like being able to solve a problem for someone gets I, I get a buzz off of that. I love being able to do that for someone like when they say, I just really don't know how we're going to how we're going to crack this. Being able to say, do you know what? Give me a minute. I can figure this out for you. I, I love that. Oh my God, it's, that's like the greatest part of the whole gig is like understanding that, you know, you can clear up something for somebody, right? Um, you know, somebody feels, and I use this, I use this like non-specifically lost, right? Uh, on a situation or like they're struggling to come, to wrap their head around something to help them gain clarity and like pick a direction and move forward on. It's like one of the, one of the, like the coolest things that you get to do, right? I mean, it, it really is like, a, you know, it's, 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 it's as good as any whiskey so, it, when you do it. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> now, but I'm, I am curious. Though, because, single malt or blended. I think that's, uh, I think that's important. Well, I am what you call it. I'm from, you know, I'm living over here in uh, the States. I am a more of a bourbon man myself. So, uh, but, you know, I, I appreciate them all. Uh, to be completely fair, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I, now I, one thing I am curious about is you said it's fifty dollars a month for like a subscription. Um, you know how is? I, I'm sure that people are going to ask a question like, how is that scalable, right? How you know how how is that going to be better? I mean, I understand it's cheaper, but how is it better, right? Because I mean, I think that might be a, a, a sense of the question that people are going to ask. Because I mean, fifty bucks well, is like that's couple. That's that's basically the office's coffee budget for the month. Sure, that that's that. I mean, that is maybe. But what I'm trying to do is provide a real um, a real alternative to what's in the marketplace right now. Because 
I've I've really noticed over the years that everything has started to coalesce into you know one of a few different uh, companies, and I think that the market and I think that the people want something that is as powerful and as useful, easy to use, and able to do all the things that they need to do, but not being dictated to and have the prices uh, increase with a real lack of development. So I, I really think that our approach of, you know, putting the putting our clients first and our clients are the people who have the tickets, who are the rights holders, who are the event producers, putting those people first and people will come to us. And, you know, if I have, uh, if I have 10,000 people paying me uh, $50 a month, that's going to be okay for us. Yeah, no, I mean, subscription models, they're, they're great. So, you know, I, I'm just asking the question because people, you know, I, I'm sure they're going to be like, well, that doesn't seem like very much. And I think that, you know, you get, you're getting a streamlined product from what I understand, from what I know. And you're getting, but, yeah, you're getting, yeah, you're getting a, you're getting a, I, I've got two options out there right now. I've got a, a kind of basic starter model, which is, for people who are just doing their first kind of ever event and don't really need a lot of stuff, there's a model for that. But I think what most people want is the is the is the the full the full package that's got all the everything you would ever need to put on a a, a medium size a, a a kind of medium to uh, large event. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, I, I wasn't going to I wasn't saying streamlined in a negative way. I was saying it in a great way. It's like, to me, it's, yeah. it's going to be the difference between, um, and I don't know if this is still right, but historically it was like the windows operating system was built <laughs> on the last one and the Mac was rebuilt from scratch every year. And basically if you're, you know, when you're talking about something like event cube, then you're talking about something like, it's like a Mac, right. And it's not bogged down by all the legacy, investments and all of the legacy systems that, you know, it has to work through, right. Which creates complication, which, you know, costs money to work through and all these things. And I think it's like, it does provide an opportunity for people to, you know, find a system that can fit their needs because at the same time, what the market, I think that you're trying to serve, you know, there are options out there for them, but, most of them don't work very well, at least in, or, or not most of them. I don't want to say that, but a lot of them, they, they don't meet the needs of people because they haven't been designed from the point of view of somebody who's actually been the end user. I think is a better way for me to say it. Yeah, I think, I think that's absolutely it. And, you know, there's, there's a team of us here that have been working in events in different parts of it. So some of us come from, uh, sports and theater like myself some of us come from like the festival kind of background some of us come from the background of uh clubs and um you know event promotion right so we've all kind of have been there and done that and got together as a group of people and said uh, we can deliver better than what's out there right now Right. Now, this leads me to a question that's like really one of my favorites. And anybody who listens to me knows that um, at some point I'm going to always work it back around to these three things, which is um, pricing, marketing and sales. Uh, now, working with you and partnering with you, you know, what kind of support are you able to provide, you know, for pricing, marketing and sales? 
So, like I said, we've got all of us here have got uh, our kind of experts in our field. So in terms of pricing and strategy, we're able to bring that to our clients who, who, who want that kind of expertise and say, you know, hey, how do we how do we do this? I've got a client that we're working with right now who needs help with uh, some premium memberships and we're helping them understand what the sensitivities are around that and also how to best leverage their sales process to to maximize tickets and membership sales. Um, so, so we've got that kind of in-house expertise. It's, it's super useful for, for, for people. But then it's also um, how we work on the technical side as well. Constantly reviewing and studying our conversion rates, how purchase flows work, how we can tweak an extra percentage point in conversions or an extra half a percentage point. Or if you change the way that's positioned or if you maybe uh, you deep, deep link in this email and send it off, you know, leveraging all those things, combining both the, the sales mouse and, and experience with the, the technology to really make sure that they're getting the maximum number of customers to the website, but then also converting as many as they can as quickly as they can. And, and, and I, I asked that last question a little bit in a way that made, you know, so you could make a little bit of a sales pitch. Right. But, and, and that was, that was, <laughs> that was not necessarily the point because what I was trying to walk you into was the description you just gave of purchase flows and small changes in the process that create big results. So when you make talk, the sign post bigger next time, come on, thanks. What's, what's that? Make the sign post bigger next time. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and, and what I kind of want to ask you about is like when you talk about working people through these workflows, right? Most people, and and I learned this last year in ticks, right? Is most people we talk about something like that, like we're going to improve, you know, the workflow, you know, the way that people buy their, you know, their stream of activities, right? We're going to cut down the number of clicks. We're going to do all kinds of things, right? Or we're going to change things, tweak it by a half percent. They don't understand what it means. I gave people a really clear question that I used when I started the nightclubs back in the mid nineties that we used and it made us probably a quarter million dollars in new profit, like uh, right, right away, which was when somebody came to the bar and asked for a gin and tonic, you asked them the question that was what kind of gin you would prefer. Nobody ever says, Oh, whatever. Everybody always has a preference for their gin. That question was worth a quarter million dollars because, you know, every time if somebody said, I want Tangeray and tonic, that was an increase of a dollar or two. Those dollars added up to $250,000 in new, in new profit. Um, can you show us or explain to us like some of the tweaks and how you make those changes that lead to these big results? Because I think sometimes it's difficult for people to understand how these small little changes have huge, huge impacts, you know, and that's kind of why I illustrated it with my gen story. Uh, I think that's such an important point and it, it's not something that, like you say, I think a lot of people are now coming around to understanding this, but it's something that especially I know in the sports world is taking a while to get there. Um, but they're, you know other aspects like uh, live entertainment and theater that they're, they're, they're getting 
much, much better with this. But it, you're absolutely right. I'm working with clients right now where I'm helping them redesign their website and explaining just the difference of moving uh, where you position um, where you position one of the options that you can purchase. Moving it from beneath the fold to above the fold is going to make a huge, huge difference. Optimizing for mobile. Now, we all say we, we, you know, the, the, that we know this and that we're on top of this. I have some, some clients who are still using web pages that, that, that well, they, they, they make your phone cry. Um, and <laughs> teaching them that, showing them just, you know, using very, very basic information from their from their site and from their their analytic systems and showing that we need to make these changes and go from as i say put this premium ticket that you're trying to sell don't hide that at the bottom like you're afraid to sell it to people put it in pride of place make people actively tell you that they don't want that really nice experience they don't want to have that 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 wonderful seat right in the front row they you know make them tell you that and go to the go to the next one don't get in their way you know because i'd much rather have a full house than a than a 70 percent full but you know be, put focus on the things that you want to sell and make it really hard for people not to buy the things that you want them to buy yeah i mean that that's a a great lesson right it's like anytime and I'm no web designer by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but I tell people, I go, the one lesson that if I can impart on anybody about their website is going, whatever the most important thing to you that you want your the visitor to know or do, put it right there in front of them when they get there. Don't get bogged down with everything else. Put the most important thing right there and, and get out of the way. Um, you know, and, and that's what you're saying, right? It's like, positioning and attention are like two, two very important things that you maybe don't get enough. They, they don't get paid enough attention to. Yeah. And I think, and, and I'm, I'm guilty of this as well, um, is you're not the person buying tickets. I know a lot about ticketing and I know a lot about ticketing websites. So I know how to navigate them uh, very well, but I'm not my target audience. So obviously a fan of my work using this line here, because I, you know, I say all the time, you're not your market. Exactly. Yeah. You, you are not the person you're selling to. You need to go back. I've I've done this exercise before is I've asked friends, I've asked, uh, you know, my wife to go and look at a site that, you know, that I've been working on and say, okay, what do you, can you find, just let them let them go through the site and tell you what the what it is that they think that you are trying to sell to them, and if they can't figure it out within about ten seconds, you've done it wrong. That's exactly right. It should be obvious. What action do I want you to take? That's that, that, I mean, that, like it should be clear as day, and and it's like a big. I think it's a big problem as far as like conversion rates, right? Um, because we have become wed to conversion rates that are low, right? Like, you know, um, not because we can't do better. It's just because if everybody else is not doing any better, then why should I improve? But it's like really, really simple stuff like you just talked about, which is like positioning, 
optimizing the web page for mobile, um, understanding exactly what you want somebody to do. I mean, these are like small, small things that can make lots and lots of money. Yeah, and I think one of the things that has always helped me out on, on a couple of different projects is actually taking that step back and write the, actually sit down and either on a, on a whiteboard in your office or in your notepad, wherever you do these kind of things, just write down in a sentence, what do you want people to do? doesn't have to be big or clever. Just write down what you want them to do. And then, and then make sure that you're doing that. I mean, that could come right out of my work, the, the whiteboard workshops that I do with people, right? It's like, well, what do you want to become, right? What do you want people to do? And it has to be really, really obvious. And if you don't make it obvious, then you can't expect that people are going to do it. Because again, you're not your market. As you, you as you said, and reemphasize my point once more. <laughs> but it, it's 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 really I emphasize it regularly because it's very tough to disconnect from the idea of like like you said. I know I know my way around the ticket website pretty well, um, and to be honest, sometimes they're confusing to me. But yeah. I, can, <laughs> I can usually find what I'm looking for. Um, but the thing is, is like if they're a little bit confusing to me or you, you know, what hope does the average person have? Yeah, I, I not an hour before we sat down to have a conversation. I was on the phone with someone. And I said, I had to admit to him and say, I'm looking at this site that you've designed on a, on a system different than the one that I've got, that I'm, that, than ours. I said, I just, I, I can't even figure out how to buy a ticket. I don't even see where I have to click. And he's like, oh, well, no, you, you see, so you scroll down and then you see that, that, that little purple square in the, you know, on the left. Yeah, you click on that. Okay, and then, then then that'll take you to the next step. And I was like, I yeah, this is never going to work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't bury the lead, as they say in uh, yeah. in journalism. That's that's exactly right. That sounds like some uh, a couple conversations I've had recently where I'm like, going, if you want people to buy tickets, maybe you put the ticket button so they can see it right away. I mean, it's, you know, just suggestions, 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 <laughs> just a suggestion. So. Let me ask you this: what, what, what are, like, what's a big trend that you're paying attention to right now? I think one of the big this is a new of segment of the podcast, by the way. I've got, <laughs> yeah. You're the first person that's going to get asked about a trend that I should be paying attention to. Excellent, good, and, and I'm probably someone's going to tell me, "I oh, know you're, you're way about way behind the times on this one." The, the, the one that I think is uh, really big, and that uh, we're trying to get behind and find a really solid way of delivering this reliably uh, is, is the um, NFC and wireless uh, payments once you're in a large venue or site. Now, there's a couple of different solutions that are out there right now for this, but that's tr- kind of transforming everything that we, how we can do it and the level of data that we can gather about people and the more that we can learn about our people that are actually inside the venues are turned up and being able to understand that more so that we can deliver more targeted and more specific information to our, uh, to the people who are using it um, in the end, because that is, 
being able to deliver the ultimate right message at the right time, that's kind of nirvana, isn't it? That's what, that's what we're trying to look for. Well, that's exactly right. And I think like just because my, if not, my inbox will get filled up with these things, which maybe I should not, not ask this question. <laughs> that way that people do ask me the question. But you're talking about things like geofencing and, you know, like targeting specific uh, things based on IPs and all kinds of things like, of that nature, correct? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. If I can, if I can deliver a perfect message to five people rather than an imperfect message to five hundred, I, I would much rather have the five. Well, this is this is the secret of being a um, successful in anything is the specificity of your message, right? It's um, in general, if you're a marketer, right? There's most of the really bad marketers are trying to talk to millions of people at once, right? And that, and the key is to try to figure out exactly who you're trying to reach and tailoring a message for that group of people, right? It could be five, it could be 10. Um, but you can't, you can't just be a meaningless generality. I think it's the way Zig Ziglar described it. Yeah, absolutely. And these tools, they absolutely allow that because, um, it's funny that you said that because I have been learning a whole lot about that lately and the, the ability and the capability for things like geofencing and, the you know NFC and you know wireless capabilities is, is is incredible. It's you know it's really uh, powerful and people should be paying attention to it, no doubt. Well, with the with the deployment of the five G networks across uh, across the globe, it, it's it's going to make um, these kind of things. I, I met a guy the other day who does um, who does augmented reality specifically for wayfinding and people going to festivals where. You can you can put a beacon over the top of your head that only your friends can see when they look through their phones. Uh, so they can so when you're in that field of four or five thousand people and you're trying to find your buddies because he's got the beer, uh, you can you can hold your phone up, look through it, and find him exactly. And I think that's 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 pretty neat. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's very cool because I mean, again, it helps with like security, targeting, and messaging. Uh, you know, it tells you so much, and it, you know, and, and like I say, um, always, if I can get you there, I can figure out how to make money on you. And yeah. like, tools, <laughs> tools like this are like extremely helpful in that. So, um, Charles, where do I send people if they want to find out about you and Juice or not Juice Cube? Jesus, um, Event Cube. <laughs> Juice Cube is another friend. Next, of- that's our next venture. We also give away free smoothie with every uh, everyone who signs up. Well, that, ju- that's not true. No, <laughs> no, Juice Cube is actually a powering thing, like uh, for. Um, uh, you know, like for your phone and stuff, it's like portable charger. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have a, it's sitting on my desk. That's what I uh, yeah, it's sitting in front of you. So free plug for Juice about, Cube. Find out about Juice Cube. I think that's a different website. But if they want to find out about Event Cube uh, ticketing technology, you can visit our website. It's uh, eventcube.io. Um, or if you want to find out a little bit more about me, uh, look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm not uh, a prolific poster, but when I do post, I mean it. So, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm very serious when I post. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, but send me a connection request. So I'm, I'm always happy to, to add to my network and to, to be able to help. Uh, people, even if it's not related to uh, to you know to getting people signed up to event keep, I'm always happy to, to offer, offer a perspective. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. You never know. You, we people like us find each other this way. So um, I want to thank you for doing the exactly. podcast.
Oh, Dave, thank you so much for having me on. It's been great. What did you think of my conversation with Charles? Let me know by sending me an email at my name, Dave, at DaveWakeman.com. If you want to find out what I'm up to, you can visit my website. It's www.DaveWakeman.com, where you can find all kinds of stuff like my blog, uh, articles and I've appeared in or been quoted on, uh, media appearances, all of that stuff. Um, if you are inclined, you can follow me on the social medias. I'm at David Wakeman on Twitter. You can also find me on LinkedIn where you can just search my name, Dave Wakeman, and I should come up at the very top of the, ver- of the list. Uh, if you like what I'm doing with the podcast, I'd love it if you'd do me a favor and share an episode with a colleague, a friend, or someone you think would benefit from one of the conversations I had. It could be the one today with Charles or a recent one like the one with Simon Mab, or some of the ones that are coming up with like Garrett Nolan or Amy Maiden or go back in time to my conversations with Michael Prindyville, uh, Martin Gameltoff, Lauren Teague, any of them. If you've shared one, I would love it if you'd become a subscriber. We're on almost all of the podcast platforms now. And if you want to go even one step further, this would mean the world to me if you'd leave a review, good or bad. It helps me know what's working, what's not, and how I can continue to deliver really great episodes and conversations to you. As always, I want to thank Book and Protect for being great partners of the Business of Fun podcast. To find out how you and Booking Protect can partner to deliver your guests world-class customer service, a better, more personalized buying experience, and how you and your organization can create a substantial new stream of revenue, visit them at www.bookingprotect.com. Also, I would suggest that you, if you're in the neighborhood of Sydney, Australia, come see me and Simon Mab at the Ticketing Professionals Conference in Sydney on the 14th and 15th of November. You can get your tickets to the Ticketing Professionals Conference by visiting their website at www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au. That address again is www.ticketingprofessionals.com.au. And send me an email, daviddavewakeman.com, with Sydney in the email uh, subject line, and I will get you on the invite list for whatever crazy thing, happy hour, or whatever we end up doing, uh, me and Simon, on the 13th of November. Finally, I want to remind you if you are in Australia and you are going to be around, I'm doing a workshop on the 18th of November, Monday, in Melbourne, the home of sport, as it's called, on Fans for Life, Creating and Keeping Modern Fans. This one-day workshop is going to be probably the the highlight of my work this year. It's going to talk about all the great things about tickets and marketing and selling that I've discovered over the last year or two, including a fan marketing funnel, um, using content to drive fans to you, understanding the fan life cycle, um, thinking of the fourth sale first, um, creating opportunities for word of mouth, um, using uh, not, not just content, but merchandise as a sales tool, as a indicator of interest, um, how to maximize revenue, how to rethink revenue, how to focus on value, how to understand who the buyer is, how to understand marketing, how to make more um, high-value sales, all kinds of stuff. You can get your tickets to the Fans for Life workshop one of two ways. You can go on Eventbrite and search for it, Fans for Life, and I'll include a link in the show notes. Or you can email me, daviddavewakeman.com, and I will get you set up. Uh, it's going to be one day in Melbourne. It's going to be fantastic. I hope that you can make it. It's for 
anybody who is marketing and selling tickets and live experiences. It's going to reflect on sports, theater, the performing arts, concerts, the whole deal. These are going to be ideas that are going to help you market and sell tickets. Finally, I want to thank you for being here and being so great about listening to the Business Fun Podcast. I could not do this without you. Uh, Until next time, take it easy. (laughs) 